Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And we're back with another episode of the podcast. And uh, to be honest, we are having a ton of fun recording the episodes. Um, We've put out, what, this is 14 now? I think this is our 14th episode that we're recording now. You have to excuse us. We've been trying to record uh, closer together to try to get a backlog going. Uh, So some of these are kind of running together. But one of the things we noticed as we were kind of doing this was that we were... I don't know, we kind of got into a groove or rhythm uh, following the same cadence and flow. Well, we would pick a topic, break it down into a couple of pieces, and talk it through to the end, and kind of release it. And I think that's uh, that's a good format when you're really trying to get to the bottom of something. However, I think this episode, we just want to be a little more loosey-goosey. Yeah, we just kind of want to talk about stuff, like, at people. We don't really have a topic, like, we kind of have a topic, but... We're mostly here just kind of have a good time. Uh, so let us know what you think of this. This might not be uh, your jam, but if it is your jam and you like this, just uh, let us know. Yeah, so in this episode, instead of kind of tra- trying to take a hyper-specific topic and drill it down to brass tacks and really get to the bottom of it, instead, we thought we'd have a little more fun. And this episode, we're just going to talk about one faction of peace that we adore and why we adore them. Um, because I think for at least a lot of people who were involved in this hobby, we kind of get wrapped up in it. And while you're wrapped up in it and you're kind of worried about all whatever the new rules changes are, the lack of rules changes, or the new boogeyman army out there, or whatever you have, whatever you're worried about in the hobby, you kind of lose sight of what you like about it the most. And uh, it's my hope that an episode like this might kind of help you see what we love the most, but also maybe kind of challenge you to get in touch with whatever you're most into. Share it with us. I think uh, it's healthy to pull back and do that from time to time. But first, as we have been told, and uh, we're going to keep doing it, hobby times and games played. John, what do you got? So, I haven't played any games, um, but I'm going to talk it Joe here into playing some tabletop simulator sometime soon. Uh, we've got a couple of suggestions to do that. So we're going to, we're going to sit down and try to give that another crack and see if it feels better this time around. Maybe we're just starved enough to, to go, to not go. It's not the same. Yeah. I mean, it's better than no gaming, right? Yeah. I mean, I got a bunch of tab stuff I want to test out anyways, but Speaking of Tau, I got myself a ghost key a couple days ago, and uh, when we're done recording, I'm probably going to put that together and start getting ready to build and paint that. Ooh, that's a big robot. That's a giant robot. Yeah, I've been wanting a ghost kill for a long time. Um, for those who don't know, I've been slowly building up a Tau Force. It's very slow. Um, but I got this kit, so I'm going to build it, I'm going to paint it, and I'm going to see... See, I'm going to magnetize the whole thing, too. Like, all the weapons options and everything. So. That'd be smart, because who knows what those gun profiles are going to look like once we get into, like, new codex territory. So keeping your options open to swap out however you need to once they're overhauled is probably really smart. And I really think that, like, magnetization when it comes to, like, battle suits is exceptionally, like, flavorful, because they would switch out their... 
like loadouts per mission or per like deployment. Whereas like something like Chaos Demons, less so. I know they don't have a lot of options, but just as an example, like they don't they. I don't. It feels more like BattleTech to me, where you've got like different weapons and things that you put on your robot kind of thing yeah it's kind of like uh zoids from back in the day <laughs> like oh, zoids <laughs> yeah like everybody had their big mechanized dinosaur saber-toothed tiger thing that they loved but uh that you really were like attached to the chassis the weapons you just kind of put on and pulled off as you needed to with different loadouts and i think the towel probably view it the same way yeah yeah i, I think that's a good case i'm also going to be using breachers as the troops uh, i wanted to use them before they were like the best troops uh but i just really like the idea of a bunch of dudes laser shotguns like just a bunch of fish dudes with laser shotguns running around trying to kill space marines that are like twice their size and four times their strength like <laughs> <laughs> are they actually fish people though don't they have hooves that would make me think listen, they're bovine listen listen I don't know what they are. I know they're aliens. They're blue. They're vaguely fish. They got a thing called a manta. The internet calls them fish people. I'm just going to join the internet and calling them fish people. My apologies. I would never want to question the meme inherent in the community. Listen, you can question the meme all you want. I'm just saying I'm lazy when it comes to classifying these things. All right. Well, good for you and your fish cow troopers. Doing Zoids yeah. or whatever. Fish cow troopers. Actually, <laughs> I'm super cool with whatever I just said. Like, whatever that is, I, I like that way more. Um, for me, I've done a little bit more work on the salamanders that I mentioned in the last episode. Um, there's some pictures posted up on Instagram of sort of some printed and kit bash stuff that I had put together. Um, and over the past few days, I got them primed. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I got them primed. I got them base coated in the dark green and then zenithaled and a lighter green. And now I'm working on going over with a very, very light green that's almost yellow and just hitting the tops of stuff to kind of like really pick out the highlights. Um, and that'll mostly finish up their armor. And then I'll just have to go in with a paintbrush and start knocking out little details to try to paint up the, the blade guard and the apothecary before I move on to the Redemptor Dreadnought. To Ooh, the fancy boy. Yeah, yeah, big stompy thing. Uh, like I mentioned on the last episode, I got a buddy who wants to play, who well, who wants to try out his new Death Guard. So I'm trying to paint up a 1K Salamander list uh, as quickly as I can, so that way when we can play, I will be ready to go with a fully painted and fully based army. But, you know... We'll see how that is. I'm a pretty slow painter as far as things go, I have found out. So those rookie numbers you're gonna have to pump them up. You gotta get them ready. I've tried. I'm just not like a fast painter. Uh it I was I got a little better on the Gloom Spike gets just because I had to. And at some point when you've seen enough goblins, you're like, Oh no, I've splotched a little bit of wood brown on a robe. Eh, I don't care. I've lost my mind long ago. Let it be partially brown. Um, <laughs> that guy, that guy just got a bunch of mud on his shirt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. Whatever. He's got a stain. He's a messy eater. Like you really find reasons to not fix your mistakes when there's 40 dudes. But when there's only like six of them on my paint table, I slow down quite a bit to try to pick out all the fine details. 
We'll call that forging a narrative. Yeah, that's it. I'm forging my own narrative. Um, but yeah, so I'm working on knocking those guys out, and then it'll be redemptor time. And then I'm going to have to uh, really like dig down and start working on some heroes to try to get them painted up. Because I still need to paint up a captain and a primaris librarian. And I haven't uh, done either of those. It, which Primaris Captain is it? Is the the one from the Indominus box or? Yeah, I'm gonna do the one with the uh, sword and shield. I don't know if I'm gonna actually use the one from the Indominus box. If I do, I'm gonna probably switch out the shield with something more salamandery. Um, but I do like the the idea of a a fighty captain with a sword and power shield who can really get into the melee and mix things up. I think that sounds yeah. very flavorful. I mean, in lore, salamanders use uh, thunder hammers and shields all the time. Like they're a big fan of that. Yeah, but sadly, you can't equip that captain with a thunder hammer. Yeah, which is just is just sad. I actually, uh, my blade guard veterans originally had uh, hammers and shields, and I was gonna leave them that way. But I got worried that people would think they were maybe terminators or something on yeah. the table. Um, and I didn't want to like confuse any opponents or anything. So I actually took the time to chop off all of the hammers and replace them with swords. So that way people can look at them and recognize, Oh, they're converted blade guard. Okay. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of this blade guard. Uh, yeah, this blade guard models. I almost want to just start a faction that is all blade guard models. Oh, but so cool. Yeah. 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 I, Yeah. I'll talk you, you into don't, one. Don't start with me. You'll be know, playing Flesh Terrors tomorrow. The thing is, is okay, so so Flesh Terrors can't be a thing now. Because I have talked Justin into playing Flesh Terrors. Because he was wanting to start like a second force that was all about like like a space marine force of some sort. And he was thinking about space wolves, but he was like, eh, not really. I like blood angels, but I want them to be meaner. I was like, oh, Oh, do you now? <laughs> oh, do I have Let a faction for you? Do I have some boys for you? Would you like blood angels, but are bastards? <laughs> How do you feel um, about Gabriel Seth? Do you like that name? Because you're going to hear it a lot. Giant turd. Well, like, I, I do want to play a Space Marine faction of some sort. One of the factions who have their own book. Like, and like... I've been looking at Dark Angels, and I know that I was on, I good. knew it. I was over here feeling it in the fourth. Like I knew, I knew, I know the rules are super good, but like I don't necessarily want to run all Deathwing, which is the super good rules. I really like Ravenwing. I kind of what if I want knights on bikes, and I also like okay, I want a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of nine foot tall dudes running around on huffy bikes with chain swords. And then I also want Blade Guard veterans. Like I just I want to have a mix match list. Why don't you just play but White Stars? Because they don't have their own full book. I want I want like social characters and like a full like list of stratagems and stuff. Or else I'm just playing like spicy Space Marines. I guess. Didn't you tell me to play Salamanders because a supplement is its own standalone book? That's not the point. Is it that Yosef? what you said to me? <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure it was. I mean, the, the, my biggest issue is that there are too many Space Marine chapters I like. Because, um, like, I even, like, think they're called the Mortifactors? I don't know. The the Ultramarines uh, successor chapter that are just crazy. They're just crazy dudes. They're dudes who eat people 
They're cannibals. And they live on a jungle planet. I need to make a jungle chapter. That's what I need. I need to make a jungle chapter of Space Marines of some sort, of some degree. Then do it. Like, it's just do the thing. Place, I gotta make a like a display board with a bunch of like jungle themed Space Marines, and I got a little Bluetooth speaker that just plays Fortunate Son in the background <laughs> like, constantly. <laughs> I'm here for it. I support you in this endeavor. I I did I did have a weird moment the other day. Like I'm getting super tangent on this, but I gotta say it. I had a weird moment the other day. Where I was, I was daydreaming about Raven Card for whatever reason, and it was a like music video for uh, the Clearwater song about rain, and <laughs> it is just like a bunch of Raven Guard standing out on top of buildings, being super emo while Clearance Clearwater Revival is playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, man, that's great. <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh, I was I had music playing the other day, and it like it just sometimes it'll take shots of the dark at songs that were popular when you were younger. Um, and uh, what is it? A day to remember their song. Can you feel my heart? Came on, and I immediately thought like this would be great for that chapter of Space Marines. <laughs> <laughs> If I was um, just a little more emo, I would have played that force. Listen, viewers, you might not know this, but young Joe looks like the new Primaris model for Raven Guard. Uh, <laughs> John, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> Calling you out publicly. Uh, no, there uh, is actually one of our friends made a spicy, spicy meme. Uh, of those pictures, of a young picture of me side by side with the new Raven Guard Shrike model, uh, <laughs> and it is, it's it. I I took damage, y'all. Like I failed my armor <laughs> save. I have no feel no pain. I took damage. Actually, I think it was my lady who made it. How dare she? How on this the day of our Valentines, she has done this to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, if y'all want to see that spicy meme, uh, let John know. I'm sure he will send it out with glee on Twitter. Um, I mean, yeah, if I can find it again. Uh, don't worry. You just mention it to Amanda. She will dig and root around and she'll get it to you in like negative three seconds. Um, anything for a chuckle. But yeah, I mean, if you're into space reads, play space read chapter, but I'd say wait and play one that you're super into. I mean, I gotta wait regardless. I gotta finish these Tau before I start another faction. Uh, Wise. Look, I got, I got too much. I got too much I want to do. Yeah, this I'm, is why eventually we do better reports. It'll be great because we all, we both just want to play every faction. Like we do, we really do. Um, I'm actually, I'm really working on trying to get the salamanders painted up. Uh, as soon as I can because. I also have the Imperial Guard Krieg Force that I printed up and did a bunch of work on, and a bunch of Tyranids there. That like once they those two armies get new codexes, I am sure I'm going to jump on their hype train. So I well, uh, the current rumor is that Tyranids are coming soon. Oh well, I hope that rumor is true. Yeah, the rumors they'll be here right after uh, Dark Eldar. Like it'll be Dark Eldar Sisters, and then the rumor is Tyranids and Guard in the same month. Hot oh, damn! That would be a great birthday present for me. Oh my god, if they come at the same time, I'm boned. Oh no, I'm so bad. That'd be so good. That'd be so good. I Those two books will Eiffel Tower me. I am not ready. I've got to paint these salamanders yesterday. 
Yeah, I gotta get you going, gotta get you pumped. Oh god, okay. Well, I know what I'm gonna have to do the moment we're done with this. I'm gonna have to start painting again. Someone's gonna have to chain me to the desk. I mean, it is Valentine's Day. (laughs) 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 Okay. But yeah, (laughs) um... I, 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 similar to John though, I, I had no games played. I have nothing. It is co. It is the year of COVID, and I have played nada. Um, but you know, maybe we will instead get on Tabletop Simulator, and at least then we will have games played, and maybe it's something we could record and upload if people want to see that on YouTube. I don't know if anybody's really interested in that, but you know, it's an option. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. We. I mean, we might have a lot of time here soon. Uh, us in Kentucky had a really bad ice storm last week, and we're about to have a lo- ice storm two electric boogaloo um, this week, and potentially a third one by the end of the week. So we might be spending a lot of time inside. And if the power doesn't go out, I'm just going to drag Joe onto tabletop simulator. So yeah, yeah, the same thing up here. Um, I'm north of John in like the northern Kentucky region, um, but it's the same thing. It is. currently 10 to 12 feet of snow is forecasted with a bunch of ice. So who knows what's actually going to come down, but whatever it is, it's probably going to keep us stuck inside for a while now, as if we were not stuck inside before the snow. Did you say 10 to 12 feet of snow? Inches. Inches. Okay. One foot maximum. Vastly different measurements. (laughs) If we got 12 feet of snow, I'm going to have a problem. A actual problem i'm gonna have to go get <laughs> snowshoes for my dog <laughs> just make my plastic bags the snowshoes in this economy what are you talking about <laughs> uh, uh just be like snow boots but way more annoying for him to walk in i'd love it um but yeah depending on the weather if as long as we keep our power we might be able to actually do some tabletop simulator so maybe on the next episode you might actually have a, a game that we could talk about we'll see Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. All right, John. I think it's time for us to get into our not topic topic. Yeah, we're going to talk about stuff we like. All right, so for you, John, what is it? What is your favorite faction of all other factions? What's the faction that hypes you up the most and why? So, I have I have a tie for this because... Of course you on do. One, on one hand, like, I love, like chaos stuff in in 40k um i find it very interesting i find it very like deep especially the horse heresy stuff i find that there's a lot there that's very good i think some of the newer stuff is a little bit too mustache twirly but i'm hoping that gets fixed um they've got a lot of cool stuff to them i'm an edgelord so it makes sense can confirm Uh, but on the other hand one of the first things I've actually fell in love with with Warhammer was from reading about Skaven when I was younger. When I was younger, I went to a library and I found a book that was like dwarves versus Skaven and like this old like fantasy novel. And it wasn't like super good. Like I'm going to be super real. As an adult, I look back and I go, wow, that book was probably pretty okay. Not the greatest, but as a child, I loved it. I thought it was great. And so I started looking up, like, all these models for Skaven. I would go to, like, the local store and see, like, the little tiny, like, red dude models. I'd be like, oh, that's so cool. I saw, like, the rule book, And I knew I couldn't buy the game or play, like, the, the little dudes. And so, like, I got the rule book, And I would, like, read the rule book 
and like pretend like I could play the game, and, like do the stuff, uh, but I couldn't. And uh, just really loved the art, all that stuff. And so, like, when I started doing stuff for D&D or stuff like that, I ran stuff, like, as a DM that involved, like, rat dudes or, like, I occasionally played a rat character. Like, I just really fell in, in, in like, in love with the rat men aesthetic of Skaven. Um, as an adult with somewhat disposable income, like, to a certain degree, I have bought Skaven, I'm playing Skaven, and I play, like, Vermintide, and I play the other games, and I'm like, man... These little dudes are awesome. Like, I, I love these little <laughs> rat dudes because they're just crazy, crazy, maniacal mad scientists. Uh, and when they're not, they're just crazy. Like, they're all terrible little bastard children. But they're so great. Like, they're their own worst enemy. They're wonderful. Uh, Clan Scryer is like a bunch of mad scientist, crazy, like, psychopaths who make these weird contraptions, like these cannons that shoot magic rock like <laughs> and sometimes cause them to spontaneously combust but you know comes with the territory yeah and then great success yeah and then you've got like clan molder which are like frankenstein's monster the faction where they've got like Ooh, all yeah. sorts of big stompy yeah you got like the hell pit abominations where like what if we put a billion different creatures to get it together vaguely look made it look like a rat and sent it towards people what I, what I love about that model is that when it dies, sometimes it explodes into a bunch of smaller rats that come clawing out of its stomach, like the world's most awful pinata. Yeah, and like, if you if you ever played uh, Total Warhammer, I play a lot of Skaven on that game. Shocker, right? Uh, they they walk so dopey. <laughs> like, they, when they walk, like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and it's hilarious. Like, the Skaven are a great enemy because they're stupid. Like they're they're, oh, yes. they're, they're um, devious, but they are just but so dumb, so dumb, <laughs> so dumb. Uh, I think that's kind of what makes them great villains. Like it is in canon justified for them to be both unstoppable waves of an enemy that you cannot defeat and you cannot combat and you cannot outnumber, and that is going to kill you. And also being at the same time unwieldy doofuses who cannot even tie their own shoes without stabbing each other in the kidneys. Yeah, it's... So, like, they could both be horrifying and little meat bags. And I love that in a villain. Yeah, they're like every cartoon henchman villain from, like, kids' movies. Like, they're just... They're just yeah. dumb. Like, they're, they're falling over. They're like the putties from Power Rangers. Yeah. Like, you could just kill them in droves and no one cares. And even their most but, powerful, like, dudes, even their greatest characters are still just like, eee! Like, <laughs> they're these dumb little <laughs> creatures. Uh, they have a hamster wheel that they strapped cannons on and they ride 200 miles per hour towards people and then crash it into people and die. Like, they... <laughs> the world's least efficient kamikaze they bomber. They have ninja rats. Like they just have. Oh God, Eshin. Yeah, uh. they've just got like these. These rats are like, e yes, I made stuff out of human hair, and I throw ninja stars. <laughs> like, mark my words. If they make an Eshin army, I will play chaos for the first time. I will be a chaos player if they give me Master Splinter the army. Please, GW. Please. Like even, even Verminous, which is like, okay, meh. 
Like, it's just the, it's the Skaven faction. It's all lots and lots of, lots and lots of rat dudes. It's still great because there's just so many rat dudes. And it's like, I always imagine it that there's like 70 rat dudes in a room. And one guy gets up there and he's wearing the best armor. So he goes, I'm the leader. I'm the warlord. You have to listen to me. And everyone just goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta listen to you. No, no, we're not. Pulls him by the ankles and drops him on the ground. <laughs> takes his armor off. And they all put on the armor and go, I'm the leader now. Like, <laughs> It's a very efficient form of governance and economy. Yeah, they're just all crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I love that whoever's in charge is a very tentative role, and it may only last five minutes. Yeah. And then you have Pestilence, which are just like, I know that there's a god, a chaos god of disease, but what if we made our own chaos god of disease? What if we just made our own cauldrons full of bubbling bad bad? Like, they're just... They're gross. They're disgusting. But they're also, like stupid they're like what if we infect ourselves with the plague and jump on a ship yeah that'll work cackle take that nurgle we're way better at plaguing than you yeah cackles and black death like it's just (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah they are a wonderful enemy to fight against you just you chop them into pieces so so easily but there's always more of them. And, like, I love playing bad guy factions. Um, like, not because I'm, like, particularly enamored with villains, though that's often the case. It's also because, like, when I'm playing against my friends and I lose and they beat me, they can go, ah, yes, I beat the villain. And I can go, ah, yes, I am the villain and I have been beaten. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fun. Uh, I think people like playing against villains. I think people like playing heroes sometimes. People like playing villains. And when you're playing the hero faction, you want to beat the villains. And so it's fun when one of your friends plays the villains and you beat them and you go, ha ha, I beat the dastardly rat men. And you go, oh no, I've been beaten. Anyways, you want to go get chicken tenders? and (laughs) (laughs) Consolatory chicken tendies. Yeah. Oh, you've beaten me and my rat men. You now owe me chicken tenders to make up for it. Like, that's not how this works, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Whatever. Like, I think, I think that's awesome. And they are just, they are fun little enemies to do combat with. Because sometimes they kill themselves way more efficiently than I could kill them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, I also love that, like, in the current iteration of the rules, and it's always kind of been this way with Skaven, even, like, we're in fancy. Uh, you can absolutely just kill yourself. Like, you can, you can take it too far and just <laughs> die. Like, you can overcharge your cannons and they'll explode. And you're just like, well, <laughs> whoopsies. <laughs> Well, I really, you gotta risk it for the biscuit, and sometimes you get zero biscuits. I love playing armies, like, when I play Wargaming, I would I would show, like, my style of game is, <laughs> is it an army in which I can live in the danger zone at all times? Then I'm gonna love playing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like playing factions that play it too safe. Like, even with these, these Tau, I'm playing them as mid-range, so, like, I, I want to be close, and I want to... To always be a little scared. <laughs> I think Skaven definitely do that. And like, I, I think if there is an army that people are going to go in on, I'd say Skaven's probably the most fun of the Chaos Factions to go whole hog on. Yeah, that's also very unique. Like, don't get me wrong, a lot of the other Chaos stuff is becoming more and more unique, but a lot of it's still 
like kind of rooted in Christian ideology to a degree for some of the stuff and some other things. Whereas like the Skaven are just like crazy rat dudes. Like they're just what if we took the concept of an anthill getting kicked over and but made it rats and they're all screaming and trying to talk about warpstone and say everything twice. Like they're <laughs> Yeah, I think they're great. They are probably the most unique IP that Games Workshop has. Um, you know, the idea of space Marines is pretty universal. I mean, Starship Troopers existed long before this, and there have been many, many iterations of like power armored warriors yeah, and lore and various IPs over the years. Um, and even if you look at some of their new stuff, like the Stormcast Eternals, really, they just look like paladins. Like we've all seen a fantasy paladin yeah. in the... They look similar, and I think that's intentional. And I think that's okay. kind of like it's perfectly fine to have stuff that's more tropey or follows like normal stuff people can immediately recognize and resonate with. Oh, I agree because I'm about to talk about Sylvaneth here in a minute, so I fully agree. But I think there's something to be said when you have an IP that is very unique that gives it its own very cool flavor that you can't get anywhere else, at least not efficiently. And Skaven have that. Well, you just hinted at what you wanted to talk about as a faction. Go ahead and uh, let let everyone know what it is you like. Oh my god, I've I've mentioned it before. I will say it again. For me, there is one faction that I will never consider selling, despite my army hopping habit. Um, as everybody has known, John and I change armies like we change our underpants. It is just a thing we do, and. That comes with some some difficulties. Uh, but for me, the one army that I would never even consider selling is my Sylvaneth. I, I love this faction. I love it so, so deeply. Uh, so much so that even with the rules being really rough at the moment, it really doesn't matter. I'm still dedicated to keeping them. Um... I guess I'll start where John started, kind of what got me into it. And actually, I was into Sylvaneth before I knew what the hell the Sylvaneth were. Um, I I think we might have mentioned it long, long ago on one of our first episodes. Um, but I, yeah, ever since childhood, have always been a nature boy. Uh, growing up, running around in the forest and the woods and playing in the creeks and streams. Um and eventually that led to me getting my degree in evolution, ecology, and organismal biology. So triple majored in environmental stuff. And while I was getting my degree, I uh, rebuilt stream channels and did environmental restoration in beautiful, beautiful forests in northern Kentucky. Um, and as you can imagine, with someone who has that sort of life trajectory, a certain respect for the environment and the outdoors and nature in general comes with that. And if you add in a love of fantasy as well, man, the idea of treants fighting back to protect their, and to protect their grove from corruption is just intoxicating. Um, I think it started with like Lord of the Rings came out when I was young. Um, and as you can imagine, the scene where Treebeard and the Ents uh, lay siege to Isengard. Holy. 
It is imprinted in my mind for how cool it was to watch the Ents storm this keep and flood it. And then, of course, I got older. And I got a little bit of disposable income for the first time in my life. So I decided to start this hobby. And to walk into the store, um, for anybody who's been in a game workshop, it really is like wall-to-wall boxes of like little plastic army men on every wall. And they're all displayed as such that you could see the covers very clearly. So you know exactly what's in each and every box. And kind of looking over it, the one that grabbed me immediately was all the Sylvaneth models. Uh, the spirit of Durthu, Drycha Hamadrath, a tree lord, the Kurnoth hunters. I mean, all of these things were just, they were exactly what I saw in Lord of the Rings. And to see them in plastic immediately drew me to the faction. And then, what got me was the lore. Ugh, the lore. Um, the, the Sylvaneth by themselves, what I find very interesting about them is that they weren't made for war, at least not in the way that the current lore has it, or at least not on that scale. Um, really, most of them were meant to be gardeners who tended to the forest and the creatures who lived there, with only a couple of them meant to act as guardians, but not against giant chaos invasions. No one even had that on the horizon when they were made. Um, but it's interesting to have a faction who wasn't made for war but changed themselves to suit it when the time came because when push came to shove and nurgle was on their doorstep and everything that they had spent centuries cultivating and growing and loving was going to be turned to rot this faction wouldn't step aside so you know the dryads turned their hands from these dainty, caressing fingers to horrid claws, and the tree revenants picked up arms, and the tree lords called the Song of War. And they now march forth to try to push back these forces that are here to destroy the realm itself. And I think that's incredible. Um, uh, in doing sort of stream construction and restoration, there's a lot of time that you spend in one area. Uh, and it is, it's very interesting for me to be kind of had this experience on the ground, putting blood and sweat into keeping a small area of stream, beautiful and healthy and all native with all native biodiversity. And then to kind of read about it on a grand scale, man, it just, it gives me a whole new respect for the faction and it makes every time I put them on the table special because I, there is no question about like, what am I here fighting for? Like, I know the answer. I am fighting for the realm itself for existence yeah. because if you aren't, it is well, like the whole premise of Sylvaneth showing up is if they're there, you obviously have disturbed something like they don't, they don't march on lands that aren't theirs. Yeah. You've probably stumbled into their territory. And you will regret it. Um, and I also like that they aren't total pure good guys. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I love their motivations. And if you went like, hey, Joe, you're dropped in the mortal realms. What race would you be? I would 100% become a Sylvaneth and be happy with it. Um, 
but they aren't necessarily good guys, if you will. Um, there's a whole lot of stories in the book where people will go into their forest to hunt for game or to take lumber. Perfectly harmless people who aren't necessarily insidious of motivation, just trying to survive, and they never come out again. Yeah. The trees eat them, or the dryads stab them, or they just go missing, pulled beneath the boughs of the trees to never see the light of the sun ever well, again. Well, it's like the, that uh, that novel uh, Dark Harvest, where like the Sylvaneth are almost like a, like a horror monster in the book like that mm-hmm. and like you understand their motivation you understand why they're doing it but it's still like it's terrifying it's horrific but it's great which by the way i highly suggest that book to anyone who wants to read a spooky like forest story it's really good i need to read that I um know, I let you borrow. yeah i'll have to give that a read um yeah i'd like that we they have set up a world as such that Uh, Sort of morality is a little skewed for some of these factions because they're so long-lived. I feel like when you are looking at life on a scale that is, like, centuries long as opposed to, like, a 60-year human lifespan, things get a little askew for you. Um, You know, they. I think with that comes the lessening of the value of human life. Which makes them these like weird, eldritch, almost unknowable beings. Because sometimes they will let people go and they won't harm them. And others, they will kill silently. And I think that makes for an interesting narrative. Because ultimately, they are an order faction. And if you live near one of their groves, you have to have some sort of agreement with them. And I think there is so much room for story there. So much room. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I like the change of Sylvaneth from what they were with the Wood Elves in old Warhammer Fantasy to what they are now, where they're completely separate. They are not subservient to these Wood Elves. They are not like, anything like that. They are their own faction, their own group. And I'm curious to see what happens at the actual Wood Elf part of that in Age of Sigmar eventually. Because you know eventually they're going to have to come out with a Wood Elf faction of some sort. Um, so I think that's what the Karnathi are. From what I understand of the lore, that the Wood Elves became the Kurnathi. Hmm. With like the deer antlers and stuff and the goat, like the satyr sort of goat feet. That's apparently what became of them. Now, I don't know if there will ever be enough for them to make a full army of Kurnoth. But uh, there's one in the new Warhammer quest that's coming up in Wolfenkarn. Um, and of course, we saw a warband of them uh, a year ago, year year and a half ago, something like that. So they're out there, kicking around somewhere. I just, I don't know if they'll ever get their full army. Well, it's always been a part of, like, with Wood Elves and Fantasy and Wood Elves and AOS now, is that they are low in number. There's not a lot of them, like, ever. They're, like, the least numerous of the Elvish factions. Yeah, and I think that kind of makes them, that might be a good excuse for them to not be so forward in the narrative, but rather to be on the flanks. Just because there's not many of them to kind of put forth what they want to do in the mortal realms. Although for me, what I really want to see more of moving forward is I want to see some agency from the Sylvaneth. I mean, as cool as I think they are, they really don't have any plans or, or goals or anything they do other than 
sit in a forest, it would seem. Um, that we have a god, like Alariel, the goddess of life, exists, but she she seems to similarly not have any plans or motivations or ambitions. She's she's just sort of a character that gets pulled up to be tricked every now and then and then goes back into the dark corner and waits till she needs to be tricked again. Um, I would really like to see that fixed. Like, I would love to see this faction get a plan that we are all working towards. I think that would be awesome. And maybe Broken Realms will do that. Yeah, because you have they, they're coming out in their own Broken Realms book. They're in the next one, I think. Because the next one's got... No, the next one's Lumineth. Yeah, next one's Lumineth. And we don't know what's coming after that. But Sylvaneth badly need rules fixes, so I imagine they will be in a Broken Realm somewhere. And I can just hope that whatever rules fixes come will also maybe give them a, a way forward in the narrative. Well, I, I really hope the next Broken Realms book is uh, Sylvaneth versus Beastman. Because Beastman also desperately needs some rules fixes. But also, that's oh, a God, really yeah. fun narrative. Like, Beastman versus Sylvaneth is like time-honored tradition. Oh yeah, they are both the undisputed masters of the forest fighting for supremacy. Yeah, and I would love to see them go to different to sides of the primordial coin, if you were, because that's the whole thing yep. of Beast Chaos is they are like the primordial forces of chaos before the chaos gods existed. Yep. Whereas I, I think Beast of Chaos kind of embody the idea of the like survival of the fittest that some people think is the natural world, whereas the Sylvaneth are much more development of a whole. Yeah. And I love the idea that these two ideologies can fight against one another in the form of big goats fighting big trees. Yeah. I mean, Beastmen also really need a named character that isn't from, like, the Underworld's box. Like, they need an actual named character to bring and put on the table. Yeah, maybe a Beast Lord of some sort? Yeah, I mean, most of the model range is also really old. So, like, we could... We could yeah, have... any new model would be good for them. And uh, if that happens, well, regardless if that happens or not, we are going to play a game of Beast of Chaos versus Silverneth and see who wins in the forest. We should do we should do a campaign of it. We should do it. We should make a narrative campaign of like Beastmen versus Silverneth and how that goes down. Maybe a path to glory campaign, something like that. Mm, maybe could be cool. Could be cool. Once we both get new rules, I mean, even if we don't get new rules, I just think it'd be fun to play them against each other. True. I'd have to paint up. I need to finish painting up my Sylvaneth Forest. Don't worry. I need to still paint up a bunch of Beastmen and get more Beastmen. God, I love Beastmen. Man. I will ha I'll 3D print you some Beastmen because some of those models are old and awful and we can just print do yeah. alternatives. Yeah. The, the start collecting boxes are also really nice because I'll probably end up getting two more of those if we want to be completely honest. Um uh, I don't need three Bray Shamans, but I can definitely use more of the big Minotaurs, like the, the Cygors and the Gorgons. Um, Bestors mm -hmm. are always useful, and so are Ungors, so it's still worth the money. Yeah, I think Bestigors in particular pack quite a bit of punch, so it's worth having. It's the best battle line to have. Agreed. But yeah, I think that would be a great narrative move forward, but I guess we'll kind of have to see what we have. I mean, we've got a couple of months before the next Broken Realms book comes out to the best of our knowledge, but I think there is narrative room with the Force, and I'm already in love with them, so I'm just hoping that Games Workshop gives me more reason to continue being in love with them, because I, I will take any opportunity to buy new tree models. Just 
Gimme, gimme. Although, this kind of brings up a question I'd like to pass off to listeners. Um, we have just ranted for quite a while about the forces that we love the most. What forces are y'all into? Like, if we passed you the mic, like, slid it across the table to you, what force could you talk about for, like, 20 minutes? About how cool it is? And why? Like, genuinely, I would love to know. Um, I feel like, as I mentioned earlier, that it is very easy in this hobby to get kind of wrapped up in the negativity of things. And I don't know, maybe it's just because of this, like, isolation in the year. Or maybe it's just kind of the habit of the hobby anyway to kind of, like, sling crap around. But I would like to try to push back a little bit against that with our viewership. Uh, if, if we can. So please, um, for folks out there listening, you know, down in the YouTube comments, drop a quick comment. What force are you really into? I would love to read every single one of them and why you're into them. And maybe you will get us into them. <laughs> because let me tell you, we are very susceptible to peer pressure. Let's be honest, we both just really like having armies. <laughs> God, we do. It's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you can drop it on the YouTube comments or reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter and DMs or whatever. Um, I would love to read what y'all are into and maybe breed a little bit of positivity in the hobby that wasn't here yesterday. Yeah. Or at least that's the hope. Uh, also, before we go, as always, we are going to try to work the algorithm a little bit. So folks out there, if you are listening to this in podcast land... Um, if you could leave a review of what your honest thoughts are, uh, we'd appreciate it. We certainly appreciate the feedback and it helps us to maybe get seen by a few more people out there. Uh, we're a really, really small podcast. So anything we could do to get a little more visibility, we would greatly appreciate from everybody. Absolutely. And, you know, reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram or any of those things, you know, Find us. We're on those places. Uh, we're going to be trying to put out more stuff on there. We're still trying to learn how to work these things. Neither one of us are super into social media, so... Don't worry. We're getting help from our ladies who are we'll much more adept. Out. <laughs> uh, also, uh, specifically in terms of this episode, send us your thoughts on what you think about a, a more open form question or topic, as I'll put it. Um... It's, I'm hoping it comes across a little more conversational because we have literally no script. We're just over here chatting. And yeah. I would love to get an idea if people are into that or if you'd prefer to go back to the more structured content. Um, so any thoughts, send them our way. However, we will be going back to the more structured stuff next week and next couple weeks at least because we're going to be recording as much as possible to get you guys content. But until then, I think that's everything we got for this episode. And that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fred. We'll see y'all next time.